Welcome everyone to a Monday edition of Couch Potato Diary. Apologies for missing the Friday show, was feeling a little bit under the weather, but we are back now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Shout out Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, our studio sponsor. Find them online at clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimeclientwitch.tv slash primetimepk. Coming up today, we run through the NFL, talk a bit of baseball and some basketball to close out the show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. The studio sponsor for Coach Potato Diary is Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all your cleaning needs. We begin in the NFL, and a question that I think a lot of people are going to be asking over the first few days of this week, are the Miami Dolphins for real? The Dolphins now 3-0 after a victory over the seemingly unbeatable Buffalo Bills at home. Um, I think they are for real to an extent. Like, I get they just beat Buffalo. If those two teams were to play again, even tomorrow, I'm still favoring Buffalo. Uh, if they're to meet in the playoffs... I'm still favoring Buffalo. Still need to see it a little bit more consistently. There's still some throws from Tua that he's missing that are bothering me. And, but I do think you have to kind of accept that the Miami Dolphins have taken that step that a lot of people thought, well, hey, look, they have to take the step this year, otherwise Tua is out. They have taken that step. Um, defensively, they gave up a lot to Baltimore last week, but they, they showed up pretty well against Buffalo this week. Um, they, they pressured Josh Allen in situations where they needed to. He didn't have a lot to look at at times as well, and they came up big. They, they, they did. And offensively, there's just there's so much speed, and there's so much talent, and there are so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball for the Miami Dolphins. So, yes, the Miami Dolphins are for real. Are they a contender even to win the division right now? I'm not... I'm still not ready to go that far, but it does seem like we're a few weeks away, at least for me, to anointing another team into the upper echelon in the AFC, which is great because there there wasn't enough of that already. Um, speaking of teams in the upper echelon in the AFC, Kansas City with a tough loss against the Indianapolis Colts. I am not going to say that the Colts are for real, and this is also one of those, because I can just hear Dolphins fans when you say, yeah, I would still pick Buffalo over the Dolphins if they were to play it again. Oh, they just beat them. Any of you picking the Colts to beat the Chiefs if they play again next week? Of course not. But, man, that, that interception at the end of the game, I get, like, Kelsey's amazing. Um, but that was that, that was really a spot where I think they were missing Tyreek Hill. This is a team that I think still needs that guy. Patrick Mahomes is amazing. Uh, I think they're the most talented quarterback in the NFL and probably will go down as the most talented quarterback we've seen up to this point, anyway. Um but he does need a bit of help, and he needed someone to get open in that situation. A, I didn't love the play call on that one, uh, on the interception that ended the game against the Colts, where they have a bunch of guys going low. Um, Tony Romo was mentioning it on the broadcast. You could see, like, there's going to be a guy who's going to drop into that exact spot. If you have a speed dude going over the top, you might be able to beat them one-on-one. -on -one. And it, it just seemed like there was either a misread or a misroute. I don't know if the misread was, like, an, an option route for a receiver or what was going on. So it's tough to place blame. But... This was a problem last year, and it's this is the first time it's creaked up this year. This team needs a guy who can just get open in a big game situation. You know, like the, the way Devontae Adams can. 
didn't so much against Tennessee this week, and we'll get to that one in a second. Um, but they, they kind of need a guy like game on the line, one on one, who is getting open. And Kelsey can be that guy, but even there, like, it didn't really happen for him. So the, this is the first time where it kind of popped up, but this is going to be the flaw going into January and potentially February is this is a team that does not have that guy who can find his way to get open. For the Colts, it's a good win, but they, they still have uh, a long ways to go to catch the top team in that division in the AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is one where I think I was letting... Um, last season play into it a little bit more because I was looking at it and we, we even talked about it. I think we took the over on Jacksonville wins um, in our NFL preseason show. In fact, I know we did. They had a significant upgrade at the, the head coaching spot. They went out and spent a lot of money improving the team in free agency. Now, I didn't think those moves were perfect, so maybe that's where I was coming from, but there was no reason to think this team couldn't take a step forward this year. This is a bigger step than I was expecting them to take and the Chargers were all different kinds of banged up. So... It's tough to take this, like, all the way seriously. But this is a couple pretty good wins in a row for Jacksonville. Um, I think that they should be 3-0 after, like, week one. They had so many chances in the red zone, and it was just... It was week one, it was a little bit sloppy, and they weren't able to, to fully capitalize. But this is a team that absolutely could be 3-0 and in the um, in the AFC South right now. Instead, 2-1, and they are up on the Colts. They're in first place in the AFC South. And I, I am buying this, at least a little bit. Um, from Jacksonville. Again, are they uh, a threat to go out and win the conference? Probably not. Are they a threat to even win a playoff game? Maybe not, depending on who they get in the, the first round of the postseason. But this is a gigantic step for Jacksonville. And when you look at um, the Jags and the Lions, because the, the Lions were the team that a lot of people, they watched on hard knocks. Man, they were just battling last year. You want good things for Dan Campbell. He's got his boys playing hard. Jacksonville's doing that as well, but they're more talented. You know, like, Detroit, they're they're kind of doing what I expected them to, where they're in these games, they've taken a bit, of, a bit of a step forward, but there's still a talent deficiency there. This is not a great football team. They have upgraded in some spots. That offensive line is going to be legit. There is a foundation there to build around, but they're still missing a couple of those key pieces. They don't have a Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville has a Trevor Lawrence. And finally here in year two, uh, in year two we are seeing what that means. Another dominant win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it was 24-0 before um, the, the commanders really got anything going in this football game. Philadelphia is... Legit, legit, legit. I, I am so impressed with what I'm seeing from this defense. Offensively, again, they have playmakers. Like, they are, I think they're kind of a souped-up version, just overall, of what the Miami Dolphins are. We talked about them as one of the most talented teams in the league coming into the regular season on that show that we did on the, the preview shows, and it is playing out here. that This is a dominant, dominant football team, and I think right now the favorites in the NFC. Uh, it's certainly not San Francisco after a painful, painful showing against Denver. And for San Fran, a little uh, frustrated that there, it was back to the conservative offense um, uh, against the, the Denver Broncos with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. Like, I, I thought they really thrived with Jimmy G at quarterback when Trevor Lawrence, or sorry, when Trey Lance went down with the injury. I think Jim. I think they can trust Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit more. Um, I mean, look, last night didn't really prove that, but I, I would like to see them kind of open things up, even with Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and have there be some mistakes <laughs> to be allowed. Um, it's just it's so frustrating to watch that offense. But man, Denver kind of sucks, dude. Like this has been 
such a failed experiment so far with Russell Wilson and, and definitely Nathaniel Hackett as well with the, the the problems they're having at coaching. But yeah, this is if if you're a Denver Broncos fan, like you're, you're thrilled to bits with two and zero. But once they start, and they're they're not. I mean, they're sorry with two and one. They're probably going to go three and one because they're going to beat the Raiders this week. But man. It's just been so painful to watch the Denver Broncos try to play football. Like, there's just nothing fun about what's going on in Denver right now. I would be so frustrated if I was a Broncos fan. And lastly, have to talk about my favorite team, the Vegas Raiders. Um, they're in real trouble. Like, all of the things that you, you kind of were worried about, I guess, like, they haven't really been torched defensively as of yet. Um, that red zone stretch at the end there. That was just painful. Uh, Waller had a bit of a case of the drops. It was just, I, I wish there was a bit more trust in Josh Jacobs in some of those situations. I I don't get what Raider coaches haven't seen in him that, that we are seeing, but it just seems like there's never a full trust of Josh Jacobs from anyone who's in charge of a Vegas Raiders team. And But no, that that, that last stretch, they finally tied the game and then they don't get the... The, the two-point conversion, but this team is in real trouble in an extremely, extremely talented AFC. One more game in the NFL, that is tonight. It is the Giants taking on the Cowboys. I would expect the Giants now go to 3-0, and and I would expect Giants fans to maybe not be as thrilled with my power rankings when we get them up and running. Um coming up on Wednesday's show. So that's a bit of the, the rundown for the NFL. Lots more NFL coverage coming up this week. We're going to have a fantasy football show coming up on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, we are going to do uh, NFL power rankings and a, a couple of fun segments. So still a lot of NFL coverage to come this week. Some of the music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be, and find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. The Toronto Blue Jays bounce back and get a split of the with the Tampa Bay Rays, and we're now talking about magic numbers. It should happen this week that the Blue Jays book their t- uh, ticket to the postseason for, well, I guess 2020 makes it very weird to talk about the postseason. The Blue Jays played games after the regular season ended in 2020 in that weird wildcard series against the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, so there, I, I guess for the uh, fourth time since 1993, the Blue Jays are set to go to the postseason. It'll be official later this week. But for Toronto, this week was really telling into why these games are important. And there's been a lot of talk about the, the new playoff format because... You look at it right now, there isn't a whole lot for races going on. The Yankees are probably going to clinch the AL East this week. The Blue Jays are going to wrap things up. Baltimore isn't really threatening anyone anymore. There's a bit of a race for the last wildcard spot in the National League. But other than that, there isn't a whole lot going on. Um, But I I think this is where it kind of works for what baseball is, but I don't think it works for where baseball is going, because or where baseball wants to go. Because baseball's big issue right now is it doesn't play nationally. Big regionally doesn't play nationally. And what helps you with national, playoff races. The team's battling for a shot in October. You think about last year with the Blue Jays going down to the last game of the regular season, losing out in heartbreaking fashion as the the Yankees and Red Sox both win their games late uh, to to knock the Blue Jays out of postseason contention. That was drama. That was exciting. And then it leads to a Yankees-Red Sox one-game playoff. I actually... I think baseball had a really good setup last year. Like, I... I don't love this current playoff 
setup. But you look at like why why does it why do I say it works for baseball where it's at now? Baseball again very regional. You you have local TV numbers are doing fine. National ones, eh. But these races are still playing like in these um in these home regions. You know, like for the Blue Jays, these games feel massively important to get home field advantage. That is playing with the local audience. Same thing going with like the Mets and the Braves. Not a whole lot of people care if one of those teams won the division or one of those teams won the wild card, but in New York and in Atlanta, it's huge. So for the regional aspect of baseball, this actually works out pretty well. It's just, once again, it is baseball currently playing to, and I don't think this was intended to be the case, it was baseball playing to where they are and not where they're trying to get to. And the main reason for this was, like, it wasn't baseball being like, hey, you know what, we should be less national and more regional. This was baseball just desperately looking for more money with playoff games, and I, I think it's kind of, I don't want to say ruined the regular season, because it's still been a fun regular season, but it's been a bit of a, oh, okay, finish to the year. But the Blue Jays bouncing back after a tough first couple of games against the Rays is great. It's great that they can do that. It's great to see that, but it is showing how important home field advantage is going to be in that wild card round. The Blue Jays do not want to go to Tampa Bay, and they do not want to travel across 45 time zones to have to go play three games in Seattle before potentially having to travel all the way back to go play the Yankees again, um, depending on how brackets shape out and everything like that. The Blue Jays, I think, need to be hosting those wild card games. And I get it puts them in a more difficult side of the bracket against Houston, but I don't know if you've seen the Yankees recently. I don't think that's a great option either. The Blue Jays are the third best team in the American League, if they're going to get to even the American League Championship Series and potentially to the World Series that a lot of people thought they could get to at the beginning of the year, then they're going to have to beat a team that is objectively better than them and probably a couple of teams that's objectively better than them. So that's just the breaks of it. There, There isn't really a real, a, an easy path to the World Series. There's one that's easier, but it's still going to be very tough to go through. Um, it's going to... I hope this week goes well for Toronto. I don't want the Yankees to clinch the division against the Blue Jays. I don't want Aaron Judge to hit 61 and 62 against the Blue Jays. He probably will, but I don't want it to happen. <laughs> it's just the petty in me. But also, it's been fun to watch. Like, it's cool to, to be on Aaron Judge watch, and it's cool to be on 61 watch again. You know, like, it's... And people, oh, I can't believe people are celebrating the seventh most home runs in baseball history. You know what, man? Just let people have fun. Like, th th this is just enjoyable. Are the people who are getting uppity about this is the real home run record annoying as hell? Of course they are. But the people who are just as annoying are the ones who are saying, this is stupid. This is cool. This is one of the coolest things that's happened in baseball in a long time. And Aaron Judge should win the MVP for it. But, God, it's been... People on both sides of the debate have been just... So fucking miserable. <laughs> uh, one thing that we could all agree on is how cool it was that Albert Pujols got 700. And I am so happy that he's had this second half of the season, starting with the All-Star game and the Home Run Derby and all of that, now in this chase for 700, where he has just turned back the clock and been an absolute fucking monster again. That's been, it's, oh, it's been so good to watch. Because the second act of his career has been really depressing. He was the best baseball player on the planet for St. Louis. And then even I, a hardened Albert Pujols supporter, was saying, man, like, at what point does this second half of the career have to be held against him? Because it was getting to the point where he was bad longer than he was good. Um, that, that Angels run was depressing. And 
man, you wonder if he could have pulled it together during that time, what, what the home run numbers would actually be. But it, it was a real downer, and it, it kind of felt like one of the, the great hitters of this generation was kind of going to go out with a whimper. And now he has turned it on for one last miraculous run. And it, it's it's great to see him getting the credit he deserves for the career that he has had. I can totally see how people in these spots kind of hang around maybe a year too long. Because even I, who I'm like, look man, go out on top, this has been amazing. Even I, there's something in the back of my head that's like, you know, he might be able to pass the babe if he sticks around for one more year. <laughs> if he just hangs on for one more, he can he can run into to, to 15, 16 home runs next season. He can he can get by the babe. Um, so you can totally see how people hold on. But it, it's just it's so great that Pujols is getting this recognition. Um, and you know what? Like I I've said before, I kind of I've been bored by the St. Louis Cardinals just always being around with guys who you've never really heard of. I'm pulling for the Cardinals in the National League this year. I don't think they're, again, are they better than the Mets, the Braves, or the Dodgers? Probably not. Are they better than the, the Padres? I don't know, probably not. But it's just been cool to see this, and I, I hope we get to see at least a couple more Albert Pujols bombs in October this year. The last thing, um, Ime Oduka has been suspended for the season by the Boston Celtics for things that go against their code of conduct. Apparently he had a consensual relationship with a woman in the uh, organization and that has been sternly frowned upon. Um, this has been a very weird story because it's come out in segments and this is where, like, not the worst because holy crap there's some awful on social media, but this is where like some of the baddest social media comes out because there's a lot of people who are like, the, the first thing that comes out is he's suspended, and we don't really know why, but it's for something against the team's code of conduct. And everyone's minds go absolutely wild, right? Like, everyone is like, oh, what did he do? What is it? It's like, people go to the worst case scenario right away. And then it comes out that um, it's with a, a woman, a consensual relationship with a woman there. And again, people's minds just go racing and go to kind of like worst case scenarios and things like this. And then it's like, well, now maybe we also heard that he was saying inappropriate things about, it. and it's just like, it's just little trickles here and there. And it's a difficult thing because this is obviously an intensely personal matter. Um, and it's something that is being brought to light with this suspension. I do feel like there needs to be a conversation when this suspension happens. Like, listen, we need to get all the way out in front of this and just do a clear. This is what happened. This is the conclusion that we came to. This is why we came to that conclusion. Instead of, oh, yeah, the coach of the Boston Celtics has been suspended for a year. Why? Oh, we're not going to tell you. All right, we're going to tell you a little bit. Every time a little morsel comes out, people's minds go bigger and bigger and bigger. And now like public perception of everyone involved in this story is completely skewed from what's actually happened. And it's, I don't want to get on the reporting of it because the, the, these are insiders who are just doing their jobs, but man, it really feels like all of this could have been avoided if you would have just like from the start, this is what happened. This is what, what the punishment is. And this is what our thinking is on that subject. Instead of letting everyone's minds go absolutely crazy and having a, a lot of perception of a lot of the people involved in this skewed in ways that maybe they didn't need to be. That's going to do it for the show today, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Shout out to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary with a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Like I said, uh, we have a show coming up tomorrow on Fantasy Football. Wednesday, we have Power Rankings. Friday, we are going to have our week four picks and a look at the legacy of Jose Aldo. It's going to be a fun week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Talk to y'all later. I'm out.